The story we look at today are Jesus' words on prayer. I think this is probably familiar to all of you for they are words that contain the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught the disciples and us, as well as two parables that speak to the practice of prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, you are God who seeks to be in relationship with us, to know us and to be known by us. Let your word, which is active in the world, be active in our lives and in our hearts, that knowing you and your love for us, we might be shaped as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Listen for these words. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give you a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the course of my ministry, I have been asked a lot of questions about prayer. I probably have had more questions on the topic of prayer than on any other subject. More often than not, these questions take the form of, do you believe in prayer, or does prayer work? Two seemingly simple questions with simple answers of yes. 
But the truth is, those are not simple questions with a simple answer. I have learned that it's very important to find out what is happening in a person's life that would lead that person to ask a question about prayer before I answer the question. I think about two teenagers who prayed hard that their dad would be cured of cancer, but he wasn't, and he died within a year of the diagnosis. When they asked me, do I believe in prayer, it was with a challenge in their voices. I think about a young woman who was sexually abused as a child. She told me she prayed and prayed and prayed that the abuse would stop, but it didn't, at least not for a very long time. She said that because it happened when she was so young, she assumed the abuse didn't stop because she didn't know how to pray correctly. Questions about prayer almost always arise when people are facing suffering or tragedy or heartache. We don't think too much about prayer when our lives are going along just fine, thank you very much. It's when we face the tough times that those prayer questions come up. People who are hurt or suffering have a right to wonder about prayer, to wonder if God answers prayer. They have a right to wonder if prayer works. Those two teenagers and that young woman were asking questions about whether or not prayer is effective. So you see why I am reluctant to answer those questions with a glib yes. And even though life pushes us to ask questions. Jesus' own words on the subject do too. Jesus' words about prayer raise as many questions for us as they answer. Jesus was a man of prayer. He had a regular practice of prayer. He often left the disciples and went out into the wilderness by himself so that he could be alone with God in prayer. Jesus' life of prayer made such a difference in his life that the disciples noticed it. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray. It's important for us to remember that the disciples knew how to pray. They prayed in the temple. They prayed together as a group. They prayed at mealtimes. They knew the Psalms, which are the prayers of the Jewish people. 
But they looked at Jesus and saw something profound in his prayer life that they wanted. They were able to see that Jesus' prayer experiences grew out of a relationship with God that was deep and transforming and full of trust. And I think it was their desire for a similar relationship with God that led them to say, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus' response to their request was what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. It's a model prayer, a how-to kind of prayer. And on the surface, it seems fairly simple and straightforward. Jesus tells us to pray that God's name be kept holy, that God's kingdom come, that our daily needs be met, that we be forgiven and spared times of temptation and trial. Five seemingly simple statements that Jesus said form the heart of prayer. They do sound simple enough. We pray that we might really know who God is. We pray that God's purpose for the world and for our lives might be fulfilled. We pray that our daily needs might be met and that our relationships would be strengthened through forgiveness. We pray that we would have the courage to say no to evil and the strength for those times when life is difficult and faith is hard. Friends, the Lord's Prayer is deceptively simple. Who wouldn't welcome living in a world where God's name is kept holy? That all sounds great until we remember that keeping God's name holy means that each and every one of us must live a holy life as well. Praying that God's kingdom will come on earth as in heaven means working for peace, for justice, for an end to hunger and poverty. It means working for all of those characteristics Jesus described in his sermons. Praying that we might have enough bread every day is not only a request that our hunger be satisfied, It is also a prayer that every one of God's beloved children would have enough to eat. And folks, that demands something of us. Praying that we might be forgiven as we forgive others calls into question every speck of our bitterness. And turning our backs on evil is impossible without the guidance of God's Holy Spirit. 
So if we take the Lord's Prayer seriously, we realize that it's a total top-to-bottom overhaul in our lives. When Jesus calls the disciples and us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he is shaping our faith. He is transforming our lives. He's calling us to a deeper kind of discipleship that is only possible in a relationship with God which is nurtured in prayer. If the Lord's Prayer is the how-to of prayer, the two quirky little parables Jesus told are the why. Suppose, Jesus said, that a friend came to your house late at night and your friend had had nothing to eat, but you have no bread anywhere in the house. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to go next door and ask your neighbor for some bread, of course, because hospitality demanded that a traveler be fed, no matter how late it might be. The problem was that the family next door was already bedded down for the night, and your neighbor was not remotely interested in crawling out from underneath those nice warm covers. What do you do? And Jesus said, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Because eventually, your neighbor is going to give you the bread. Simply so he can get some sleep. Regardless of what hospitality might demand. It's a comparison story, one that invites us to think. If our neighbor who is standing before us half asleep and irritated will eventually give us some bread, how much more will God give us what we need? And then Jesus follows that with some specific instructions. Ask and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who searches will find, and everyone who knocks shall have the door opened. What an amazing promise. What an amazing promise. But it is a promise that when taken out of context leads to exactly the questions I have been asked. We prayed, why did our dad die? I prayed, why didn't the abuse stop? We asked, we searched, we knocked and nothing happened. Taking that promise out of context gives rise to those classic, painful questions. Friends, we dare not take this promise of Jesus out of context. We only are able to read it by reading also the second parable Jesus tells us. 
It's supper time, he says, and your children want catfish. Are you going to give them a snake? Or would you give them a scorpion if they wanted scrambled eggs for breakfast? If you, who are adept at making bad choices and doing hurtful things to one another, can give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Do you hear that? How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Jesus didn't promise that God was going to give us anything we might ask for in prayer. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit, that inexplicable, mysterious relationship Jesus enjoyed with God is the promise that he makes, that God will be with us whatever life might bring, that God will be with us when the loss is too deep for us to bear, that God will be with us when the pain is more than we are capable of dealing with on our own. God will be with us. So, (laughs) in light of all of that, and because I think these things are important, this is what I would say in answer to those questions. Questions I think must be taken seriously if the world is to take the church seriously. This is what I believe about prayer. I believe God wants us to pray. And I believe God hears our prayers because God loves us. And there is nothing God wants more than to be in relationship with us. God wants to hear our hurts and our wants, no matter how unrealistic those wants might be. God wants to hear what brings us joy and what fills our hearts with gratitude. God wants to hear our fears and our anxieties because God loves us and listening is a part of love. Do I believe in prayer? Not in any kind of magical sense. This is still a world in which children are abused and violence abounds. A world in which fear and hate and prejudice take lives, even though countless prayers are offered to God from God's faithful people every day. I believe in the God who hears prayers. I believe in a God who is with us in our darkest hours and most painful moments. I believe in a God who knows fear and loss and sorrow and pain firsthand. 
I believe in a God who came to us in Jesus Christ, took on our life and died so that we might know there is nowhere we can go that Jesus Christ has not gone before us, that there is nothing we can do or have done to us that God cannot love, forgive, redeem, and save. And until such time as I can ask God face to face why that dear little girl had to suffer, I will hold fast to the knowledge that I can trust God, even when I don't understand God. And I will pay close attention to the fact that the church is called to be the presence of God in the lives of just such little girls. Do I believe prayer works? That all depends, friends, on what you mean by works. Do I believe prayer is essential to faith and discipleship? Absolutely. Do I believe prayer has made a difference in my personal life? Absolutely. Do I believe that the world and other people are better because the church prays? Absolutely. Can I explain any of that? Absolutely not. But I can trust Jesus when he says, if we ask and seek and knock, God will give us the Holy Spirit. And friends, for me, that's enough. For me, it is more than enough. And I trust it is more than enough for you as well. In the name of that God who hears and loves. Amen.